Hello, and welcome to The Shining Light, where we are shining the light of the gospel and speaking the truth in love, providing strength, and stirring the hearts of our listeners. We are so glad to have you joining us today as you listen to this message from Pastor Tim Cruz. Let's make sure we have our eyes on the Lord and just keep going for His honor and glory. I want you to take your Bibles and turn with me tonight to the book of Job. This is something here that God has really challenged me with because I've been thinking about some things that God has taught me. And as I mentioned to you about how I viewed God or understood God or didn't understand God. And so many times I didn't understand God. And and Job did not understand the Lord like he thought he did. And so I want you to see the understanding we need to have about understanding more of who God is and how he works uh, through the refining fires of trials in our lives. Uh, so many times, again, we think, well, God's being exacting upon me. And, uh, and it's like he seems so distant. If you'll study Job chapter 9, uh, you'll see the grapplings of Job as he says in verse 17, For he breaketh me with a tempest and multiplieth my wounds without cause. Uh, he says in verse 18, the latter part, he fills me with bitterness and uh, he uh, talks about being destroyed even in verse 22. And, and uh, his days are swifter than a post. They flee away. They see no good. I mean, there is no good prospect in the forecast of the future of my life, verse 25. And it's like, I mean, I'm just spinning my wheels, gaining no ground, going nowhere. If anything, going backwards, losing ground. And uh, he said, I am afraid in verse 28. So get, get a sense of, of what's going on. In verse 29, he's about to talk himself himself out of even looking to God and trusting God. He says, if I be wicked, why then labor I in vain? Well, if I'm so bad and, and God is dealing with me in such a way to bring some kind of justice in my life, if, if I'm in such trouble with God, then why do I even try? Why am I even doing what I'm doing? I think there's a lot of people who used to be in church, who used to be serving God, and this is where they got stuck. Well, I tried. God knows I did. And with my whole heart, as best I knew, I meant well and did my best, but it wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. And uh, nothing else. There's not really evil present. We don't altogether know someone's heart like God does, and we don't altogether know our own heart. And we need to be careful about that. And so, as you get into chapter 9 here, Job says in verse 4, He is wise in heart and mighty in strength, who hath hardened himself against him and hath prospered. I want you to underline that. Because he asked back in verse 2, How should a man be just with God? Well, how can I know God? I mean, if I'm so inferior, so uh, I fall so short of His glory, how can I be just with God? I mean, when you think about who God is, He's wise, he's mighty, he's powerful. But who do you know has hardened himself against him, the Lord, and hath prospered? Who do you know? I don't know anyone. And I want to encourage us all tonight to be careful in the troubles and the trials and, and the setbacks and the grapplings of life. Where is God? What's going on? Why he, would he allow this? I guess there's something wrong with me. I'm so inherently flawed. And, and I just tried to rise above that. I tried to atone for it even, make up for it, but still came up short. 
And now it's like I'm lower than I've ever been. So what is behind this? I just want to encourage you tonight that in these moments, these are pivotal times in our lives. And we've got to be careful here that we don't harden ourselves and say, well, there's just no use. And, and if I'm just so flawed, then, then why do we even try at all? You can't give in to that because really what God is trying to do is to get you to look away from yourself and look unto the Lord because really the trials here are not about just how bad you are and how you've got to be punished for all of that bad that's in you. That's not what these troubles and trials are so God can finally bring you face to face with just how bad you are so you can finally own up to it and say, wow, I'm even worse than I thought, Lord. Well, that has its place. But in the end, God is not trying to just prove to you your own fault. He's trying to show you not just yourself as much as He's trying to show you Himself. So you can see that, wow, I, I feel the weight of my fault. I feel the weight of my sin. But God loves me still. God accepts me still. God has a plan for my life still. And you get really amazed because when you have a personal encounter with the true and living God of heaven, you're filled with the fullness of His greatness and power, but also the fullness of His heart of love and compassion toward you in the midst of your insufficiency, your fault, your flaws. Isn't that amazing? Because that's exactly what happened. And if you'll turn over to chapter 42, this is what Rebecca and I were talking about recently. It's like God proving himself to you, himself to you. You're learning more directly who God is. Job 42 now, God has actually brought Job to a heightened understanding and awareness of things in himself that he had not yet seen. He was doing pretty good overall, actually, but still a sinner, still room for improvement, still things in his life that God saw that he didn't see, and now God is showing that to him, but not to condemn him, not to crush him, but to reassure him. This is powerful when you understand this. It's life-changing because it changed Job's life. The Bible says, Then Job answered the Lord and said, I know, here's where I'm at now, I know that thou canst do everything and that no thought can be withholden from thee. One thing I've learned from you, Lord, is I know there's nothing you can't do, nothing too hard for you, nothing impossible. I've learned firsthand that you're God and I am not, but I've learned that you can do anything, everything. Let me ask you, have you learned that tonight firsthand? I'm living by faith. Some of the things that God is leading us to take on at this season, I am fully persuaded, fully persuaded. Through the word of God is all I need. But I can also testify that firsthand I've lived it and I've seen it. I've seen God prove himself to me and through me time and again. There's nothing he can't do. There's no one he can't save. There's no prayer he can't answer. 
There's no need he can't meet. I've seen it. I, I've lived it. Now, you can talk about it. You can say, well, I don't know about that. And, 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 and I'm not sure about some of those things. Well, I can understand and appreciate where you are, but I hope you can also be open and try to appreciate where God has brought some people. Now, I'm not talking about people who've lived such good lives and, and they're at a plane that you're not because they're so much better than you. No, sometimes they've lived so far beneath even the life you've lived, the troubles, the trials, the emptying, the crushings of the Lord. Job said, thou hast destroyed me. You, you've just crushed me, Lord. You've broken me to pieces. It's like you have just squeezed the very life out of me. And yet... Here I am, I'm still here. And now I see you in a way that I never saw you before. Wow, you're not only great, but you're good. You're a good God. Because I see you firsthand. That's what he's going to say here as it unfolds. Lord, I know there's nothing you can't do. And I know there's nothing that concerns me that you don't know about or that you don't, you're not aware of. There's no thought can be withholding from thee. You ever feel that way? The Lord has forgotten me. He don't even know who I am, much less where I am, what's going on, and what I'm thinking. That's not true. He knows exactly who you are, knows exactly where you are, and he knows exactly what you're thinking right now. And that's kind of scary for some of us. All of us, really, but I'm talking about in a given moment. <laughs> right now. Right now I'm thinking about Job 42, okay? <laughs> and I'm thinking about the Lord. I hope you are. But God knows what you're thinking. And here's the point. He's not looking at, upon you with judgment. What's wrong with you? Why are you struggling with that? Why do you have those thoughts? That's not our Heavenly Father. You've got to learn. See, what God is doing, He's not trying to bring Job to a place to where it's like, okay, yeah, I can just do anything, though that's included. He's trying to say, Job, do you see my heart towards you? Through it all, through it all, I have a heart for you. Who is he that hideth counsel without knowledge? And therefore have I uttered that I understood not things too wonderful for me, which I knew not. Now get this, we've all been there. There's a time when Job had an answer for everything. And he had his defense. And he felt like he had to tell everybody, basically hash all this out with his friends as they indicted him. And someone said this, and I read it years ago, and it really helped me. He said, you'll know when you're getting victory over something, when you feel no longer that you have to talk about it or explain yourself to everyone with regard to a certain matter. God is helping you heal and move beyond it. You ever been there? You felt like, I just, if they knew, they need to know, and I'm going to tell them. And God doesn't, God's not condemning that in us. That's our humanity. But he wants us to learn to move beyond that. It doesn't mean we can't talk, we can't pray together. That's not the point. But there have been times when I felt like, boy, I wish I could tell people what was really going on. I wish I could tell them what was really in my heart. I wish I could really shout it from the rooftops. Because I know this may be the way it looks, but that's not, that's not the case. That's not really what's going on here. And you feel like I, I've just got to even defend myself. I, I've got to uh, share my heart so people can see what it really is because I know what it looks like. 
But that's not who I am. That's not what's going on here. It's amazing, isn't it? And God brings us to a place because that's where Job was. If you'll study this, he said, oh, I wish I could find God. I would order my calls before him. I'd be like an attorney in court and I'd say, what has this man done? And, 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 and what is your charge against him? I, I, I'm looking for him. Everywhere I turn, I can't find him. You know, I just want to defend myself. And God brings you to the end of yourself to where you feel like, no, I don't need to defend myself before a God who knows everything there is to know about me. I just need to fall into his arms of mercy and thank him and rest in him. Because there was a time when I, I talked about things I really didn't know what I was talking about. I said things that I didn't really have understanding in. Things that were too wonderful for me. The word wonderful here comes from a word of to like separate, to mentally separate to see it for what it really is, to pull it apart. He said, you know, I talked about things that I, I didn't really understand. I didn't see them to the depth and the dimension or even with all the components that were part of that equation in my life in that particular time or situation. I didn't see that. It was too wonderful. It was beyond the comprehension that I had at the time. We've all been there, haven't we? We talked about things we didn't fathom, understand. And by the way, a lot of times when you don't understand something, it's hard to appreciate it for what it really is. It's hard to appreciate who God is when you don't understand His ways. You see? Uh, it's hard to understand why certain things are allowed. Uh, one commentator said it this way, the problem of which the book of Job is the profound discussion finds here its solution. Brought into the presence of God, Job is revealed to himself in no sense a hypocrite, but godly and possessing a faith which all his afflictions could not shake. Job was yet self-righteous and lacking in humility. He needed a greater humility about him. Chapter 29 fully discloses this, but in the presence of God, he anticipates, as it were, the experience of Paul and the problem is solved. The godly are afflicted that they may be brought to self-knowledge and self-judgment. Paul said that in 1 Corinthians 11, judge yourselves lest you be what? Judged. The godly are afflicted that they may be brought to self-knowledge and self-judgment. Such afflictions are not penal for their sins, but remedial and purifying. The book of Job affords a sublime illustration of the truth announced in the New Testament about this matter of self-knowledge and self-judgment that leads to greater fruitfulness. I'll tell you what trials do. They bring us to a point to where we are amazed that God even bears with us. And I'll tell you what it weans us from. Trying to size everybody else up. Trying to figure out why they're so bad or why God is blessing them in a way he's not blessed. See, God drives all of that out of us. Aren't you thankful for that? through the troubles and trials of life and gives us, if we will humble ourselves, a true graciousness to other people. I'm not even going there anymore. <laughs> I don't live with, you know, why is God blessing them and not me, it appears, or, or why, you know, am I just so inferior? I, I'm not uh, living that life as though I'm always comparing myself with everyone else. 
I love them, give them to God and move on because I've learned this. Victory and peace and joy in my life does not rise or fall on who everyone else is and what everyone else does or not. It rises or falls on who I am before God and what I do in His presence. Now get this. Job said, now I've learned firsthand. I've learned firsthand that you're God and I'm not. He said, I've learned there's some things that I don't really know what I'm talking about. It'd probably be better if I didn't say everything that came to my mind. And I just said, Lord, I don't know, so teach me. I believe, help thou mine unbelief. Lord, there's always room for improvement, so Lord, here's my heart. And, and, and I'm all ears, I'm listening. And he says in verse 5, I have heard of thee by the hearing of the ear, but now mine eye seeth thee. I've heard a lot of things about you, God, but now I see you firsthand at work in my life. Some of us have heard about God working in everybody else's life, right? What happens when it begins to work in our own life? It's one thing to have secondhand knowledge of God, but we're talking about firsthand knowledge of God. And nothing is real until it's what? Personal. Personal. You need to know God yourself. You need God to prove himself to you personally. And I'll tell you, when he does that, I don't, things will happen in your life. People will do all kinds of things, but I'll, it's an unshakable faith that God is trying to build in you. It says, I know there's a God, and I know that there's nothing he can't do, and I know he knows where I'm at and what's going on in my life and what needs I have. And you know what? I'm resting in that because I've lived it firsthand. I should have gone under long ago, but God somehow kept me going. I don't know how I've even come this far or come through what God has brought me through, but he has. I'll tell you, you cannot convince me otherwise. I know there is a God in heaven because I've seen him firsthand. At work in my life. How many of you can say that tonight? Truly, can you say that? I have seen God work in my life. You can talk all day long about how you don't believe God. You don't believe the Bible. It won't change me one bit. I mean, I, I do believe the Bible. But I'll tell you what, I've lived it. God has proven himself to me. God has been faithful to me. God has sustained me. God has helped me. God has met my needs. God has proven himself to my life. I have no doubt that he's at work on my behalf. I've heard thee by the hearing of the ear, but now mine eyes seeth thee. I see firsthand who you are, God, and how you're working. And I'm learning more and more the wisdom of your ways. You know what you're doing. And what's the byproduct of that? How can you know God's truly working in someone's life and his work is having the desired effect? See, it's a humbling effect, a purifying effect. Wherefore, I pour myself and repent in dust and ashes. He said, wherefore, the byproduct, the result of me getting a fresh glimpse, firsthand view of God, when I see who God is, then I see more clearly who I am. And as great and as powerful and as holy God is, I realize how small and insufficient and sinful I am. You know what Isaiah said? He saw the Lord high and lifted up. 
the angels, the seraphims, and cherubim crying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, all the earth is full of His glory. And then what did He say? Woe is me. I'm undone. I'm a man of unclean lips. Now wait, God was wanting to send him to be a, a prophet, a, a spokesman, a representative of him. Uh, who shall I send and who will go for us? Here am I, Lord. Send me, remember? That comes after he sees God and then he sees himself once he sees God. Sees God for who he is, then he sees himself for who he is as a byproduct of that, and then he's ready and fitted for service. Lord, here am I. Send me. You know what we all need tonight? Just a fresh glimpse of God in His glory and in His greatness. It would have such an effect in our lives. I'll tell you, it would burn away a lot of dross of pride, self-will, worry, fretfulness, tension, regret, fear, uh, all these anxieties of inadequacy and, and uh, have I just so turned God against me and, and, and I'm sure if he was against me, he'd be justified and I wouldn't blame him and, and you've got to get beyond that. See, some people never move beyond that. That's where, that's where they stop. But God wants you to move through that time in your life and grow and have your faith deepened and developed, matured and strengthened. And if you see God for who he really is, you won't have any errors about, hey, I'm deserving of more. I'm worth more. You know, I, I just, you, it won't be I, I, I. <laughs> It'll be, Lord, here I am. If you can use someone like me, use me, send me, Lord. Charles Spurgeon said, before God ever honors a man publicly, he takes him aside privately and flogs him well. That way when God does honor him, of all people, he's not even tempted to take the credit or the glory for himself. It was not me. God showed me who I am when I saw who he is. And I am nothing, but he's everything, and he's so good. He loves people like me. He takes someone like me broken by sin with all my confusion. I'm going to tell you a little bit more of the story Sunday, but I, I'll just give you a glimpse of it tonight. The lady who wrote the hymn, Just As I Am, she just could not fathom how she could come to God. She's like, I have nothing to offer him. And evangelist told her that's exactly what he wants you to see. You have nothing to offer him but yourself. Just as I am. Without one plea but that thy blood was shed for me. And that thou biddest me to come to thee. O Lamb of God, I come. Isn't that wonderful? That's what he did for me. Well, I don't have anything to offer you, Lord. I know. Well, come on. Lord, but I'm so sinful. It's all right. Lord, I'm just unworthy. Come on. I said, well, Lord, I don't have anything to offer you. I know that. But I'm going to exchange your nothing, your nothing for my everything. Isn't that wonderful? I'm telling you what, somebody ought to smile. And somebody else ought to say amen. Isn't that right? Somebody ought to say praise God. 
Hallelujah. I'm saved by this great God in heaven who loves me, who has a plan for my life that no one can frustrate, no one can take from me if I will humble myself before him. Oh, Lord, I've heard of you, Lord. There's some things that I thought I knew about you, but now you're teaching me. No, 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 you misunderstood. You're missing it here. You're missing the point. You're missing my heart. Don't miss my heart in the matter. And Lord, you're not only teaching me more of these things about you, but in you showing yourself to me, I'm seeing more of who I am. And that doesn't make me proud and lifted up and puffed up and perpetually uh, just never satisfied, therefore never grateful. No, it makes me, Lord, humbled. And I'm grateful literally for everything. I'm grateful that I woke up this morning. I'm grateful that I have the measure of health that I have. I'm grateful that I have a church home I can go to on Wednesday night. Otherwise, I'd probably be depressed sitting in front of the TV. Isn't that right? I mean, it's just the truth. But I came here tonight, heard a word from the Lord. And faith comes by hearing. Hearing by what? The Word of God. And that Word is going to strengthen me because it's already clicking my heart. It's like, that's what I need. That's where I'm at. I'm going to take courage. I'm going to take heart. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to humble myself before God. I'm going to draw nigh to Him because He promised to draw nigh to me. Isn't that wonderful? I'll tell you, change your life. Change your life if you just say, Lord, speak to me. Show me through your word and through the circumstances of my life more of who you are. Purify me. Help me to come to a place. Judge yourselves lest you be judged. Lord, deal with me deeply and deal with me thoroughly. Because I want to tell you this. Here's the beauty of this too. Not only the confidence you can have in the Lord resting in him and his heart for you, his love for you, his acceptance of you in Christ, all those things. But you know what? If you're free in your heart and in your spirit before God, no one else can take that from you. No one else can determine who you are and what you're thinking and what you're feeling day in and day out. You have control over that. And you give that to God and let Him control it. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. That means be controlled by the Holy Spirit. If you let God have control, then you're not at the mercy of what people do or don't do, what they say, don't say. Isn't that right? I grew up in that environment. I grew up with that tension all the time. And I had to learn to move beyond it and not let it just bother me like it used to. And I had to learn that I'm not better than anyone. I love everybody. But, hey, if I can help you, I will. If I can't, what can I say? I'm going to move forward. I'm going to do what God's given me to do. I'm going to keep going. And I'll guarantee you, Job was glad he kept going. So was his wife. Because God says, when he prayed for his friends, what did the Lord do? Turned his captivity. God actually gave him faith and grace to pray for the ones who had doubted him, indicted him, tried every way they could to destroy him. Talk, talk him totally out of everything God had for him. Yet, it's over, it's over, it's over, it's over, and it's your fault. That's the accuser of the brethren. It's not the Spirit of God. But the Spirit of God brought him to a place to where he could actually pray for those 
who despitefully used him. Isn't that amazing? And when God brought him to that place, gave him that faith and that grace, God turned his captivity. And then him and his wife were expecting. Think about that. Ten more children. And God gave him twice as much as he had before. Now, why would you want to miss what God could do yet? You say, you just don't know how bad it is. I promise you it's not as bad as Job had it. Isn't that right? I promise you. And I'm not minimizing how bad it may be. Believe me, I respect it. I've been there. I'll tell you this. I believe God put Job in the Bible. One reason is because God tells you and me, hey, as bad as it gets, most likely it's not this bad. And if I can turn this man's life around and bless him again, even give him more than he had before, he went into this fiery furnace of trial, if I can do that for Job, I haven't changed. I can do it for you. Humble yourself before the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Don't you want to see what he has for you yet? You say, but you don't know the mess I'm in. Hey, but you don't know the grace that's deeper than the mess the pit, the hole, the sorrow, the regret that you're in. Thank God for that. Isn't that wonderful? Oh, may the Lord help us tonight to draw nigh to Him and rejoice in Him because a proper view of God gives us a proper view of ourselves. And it's a humbling effect when we see His love for someone like me. And yet He truly loves me and He takes me just as I am, just where I am. And all of God's people said, Amen. Thank you for listening to The Shining Light. We pray that this time has been a time of encouragement and blessing to you. The Shining Light is a production of Shining Light Baptist Church, located at 2541 Old Charlotte Highway in Monroe, North Carolina. If you don't have a church home, we invite you to join us. Service times and more information can be found at our website, www.shininglightmonroe.com. You can also watch our services on Facebook and YouTube and connect with us on social media. Thank you for joining us and God bless.